I make a lot of art for the show. Uh, I made our logo, our show art, also all our t-shirt designs. Every week I put up a little image promoting the, uh, that week's episode. So, you know, it's, it's very important for me to have a quick and easy way to make all that stuff. And that is where Canva comes in. Canva has tons of pre-installed templates, backgrounds, stock photos, all kinds of things to make making art easy. And if you need even more than that, which I completely understand, art is a big part of growing a brand, check out Canva Pro. You can get Canva Pro for $35 off by going to cultusplat.com slash Canva. That's cultusplat.com slash C-A-N-V-A. And you can get 610,000 premium and free templates with new designs daily, over 100 million, yeah, 100 million premium stock photos, videos, audio, graphics, remove image backgrounds instantly with background remover, resize designs infinitely with magic resize, all kinds of stuff right at your fingertips. So check out cultusplat.com slash Canva to get Canva Pro, help grow your brand with Canva, empowering the world to design. Welcome back to another episode of Cult of Splat. I am your host, Taylor Bartle, joined once again by my co-host, Kevin Nesgoda. Yo. Let's get ready for a lot of wine talk today. I am going to be insufferable tonight. Uh, yeah. For folks at home who don't know, because that's most of you up, I imagine, uh, Kevin is a, a big wine connoisseur. Just a little bit. Uh, he actually actually makes his own wine. I do. You can get it at bodegascalibri.com. Taylor will put that up in one of our socials, I assume. So well, I'll, get... I'll, if I remember, I'll, I'll throw it up in the show notes. Okay. Uh, I, on the other hand, am not. I cannot stand wine. I think I've had maybe one or two wines that I've found palatable. Uh, I know they were both whites. I'm definitely not a red wine drinker. Was one of them Sutter Home White Zinfandel? Because that was the I first one I ever had, and I despised it i have no fucking idea <laughs> okay <laughs> but the reason why we're talking so much about wine is because today's movie is all about wine yes. it is the the 2008 uh drama comedy based on a true story bottle shock Woo! i'm excited <laughs> this is my wheelhouse movies and yeah, i guess wine. uh guess who picked this one <laughs> it was taylor Thank you. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's not my birthday. None of those things are true. <laughs> kind of a lot like this movie. The movie is based on a true story, but basically the events that happened, like the judgment results that we'll get to at the end, the names of a few wineries and the names of the pe people are basically the only thing that's true. Everything else is Hollywooded up. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I still enjoy the movie. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, we did beer fest, and so now we're doing wine fest. Is there like a uh, tequila fest out there that we're missing, or <laughs> like a cocktail uh, cocktail movie? I guess we could do the movie cocktail. Is it rotten? I have no idea. It just popped into my head, but I will check. Uh, yeah, I was I I had thought about trying to force myself to drink wine during this episode. I should have um, sent you but, some. 
Yeah, I mean, if Kevin had sent me some, I would have drank some some Bodegas Calibri. Uh, but I, my girlfriend has some wine. I wouldn't know what I was drinking, and she's not here for me to tell her that I'm going to steal some. So I'm not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> Cocktail is 9%. Nine? Nine. Single Holy fuck. digits. <laughs> I thought it would be a right around 50, maybe pushing 60. Like My mom saw this. I've never actually seen Cocktail, but Jesus Christ, that is bad. Audience score, 58. Yeah, that's more where I was thinking. Yeah, that's where I was, I was thinking upper 50s, but not... Yeesh. Okay. Wow, okay. I'll I mean, watch I guess, it and I see guess it. We, could, we could do cocktail and drink cocktails. I, yeah, I, yeah, you can throw out a recipe. I'll try it. My wife has all the hard alcohol here. Uh, well, I mean, it's... I don't know. How many Tom Cruise movies do we want to do? <laughs> It, would this be the only one? Because I can't recall another Tom Cruise movie on the list. And if I slur uh, a little it or bit, not, I've been drinking for like four hours. <laughs> Spoiler alert, believe it or not, uh, fucking Top Gun is rotten. <laughs> that blows me away. Because that's like yeah. an existential like man movie from the 80s. Like, who, how did... Like, all the critics of the with, 80s were men. There were no women... It, yeah, anyway. Yeah, especially with people talking about how Maverick is like the best movie ever made. And it's the same goddamn movie. <laughs> Just without Goose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, we're not talking about Top Gun. We're talking about Bottle Shock. So, uh, should we just dive right in? Let's... No, not yet. We got, we got other things to talk about. Numbers. Oh. Tomato meter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Got, got ahead important. of myself there. Uh, tomato meter, 48%. Audience score fifty eight percent. Yeah, How I does like that. It. Make you feel? I, it's kind of fair in a way. It's a little low, but I don't know. I, I actually I think it's really really low because I you know the story is pretty good even though it's prefabricated. Alan Rickman is phenomenal in this. Chris Pine is and the cast is great. Really, yeah, Chris Pine is really good in this. Bill Pullman's really good in this. There, it's no bad acting in this. Like Dennis Farina, you know, in the limited time he's on screen, he kills it. Like the acting is phenomenal, the direction is phenomenal, the shooting is phenomenal. I don't know why it's so low. Maybe it was a bunch of wine people who, you know, knew the actual story and um, just said, "Fuck it, we're going to grade this low because it's not exactly what happened." <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah like the cast is is phenomenal like you said alan rickman bill pullman chris pine um uh oh fucking dude from get out is in it briefly um dennis farina not dennis farina oh the dude from get out i thought he was in get out too <laughs> dennis farina he's in everything dennis farina is not in get out okay I'm thinking of something else then. Elijah Dushku. Um, uh, Bradley oh, yeah. Elijah, Elijah Dushku. Bradley Whitford. That, that's his name. He was in Get Out. Oh, Get Out. I was thinking of he like. He was the dad. He was the dad. I was thinking of like the John Travolta movie. Get Shorty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, I've been drinking for a couple of hours. When uh, I watch yeah, a Dennis, movie, I have to have one. Pretty sure Dennis Farina was in Get Shorty. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. And shout out to my buddy Sean Frone, who made this 2019 Tempranillo called Forte. You can get it at consensiocellars.com. It's phenomenal. I think he won you a couple spell of that? Um, I'll send it to you and you can put it in the show notes. 
God damn it. I got to put this in the show notes too. Sorry. Uh, There's going to be a lot of wine shilling in this episode. Critics consensus. Bottle Shock fails to properly utilize the inspiring true tale at its core, settling instead for an ordinary plotting account. So kind of what you said. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the act, like long story short, the actual what happened was basically they sent wine to Paris, you know, let it hang out for a few days. They drank it, you know, Chateau Montalena did well. Stag's Leaps did well. Um, you know, I don't but want to spoil one. anything. No, they both won. Like, oh, California okay. swept uh, the whole competition. And they did it again 30 years later. And they recently just did it again. Okay, so all that's true. Yeah, all that's true. Like, California makes superior wine to basically anywhere else in the world right now. All right. Uh, directed by Randall point. Miller. Written by Jody Savin. Uh, or Savin, Randall Miller and Ross Schwartz. No names that I'm really familiar with. Although I, Randall Miller sounds really familiar. Um, I didn't yeah. bother to pull him up ahead of time. I got him. He also did uh, House Guest with Sinbad and Phil Hartman. And The Sixth Man with the Waynes Brothers. So he has done some things. <laughs> he has no fresh movies. All his movies are rotten. <laughs> Oh, I think... Don't we have a house guest on here on our list? I think, uh, we, I think we might have the sixth man on there, too. I think he could be one of the directing uh, Hall of Famers. All-star. All-star, sorry. Don't think he'll go full Hall of Fame. But... Yeah, I don't see anything that will get him to Hall of Fame. But yeah, but I can... I am... You what? I was going to say, I, yeah, I just see... Yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Unplanned. Some of the horrors are planned. All stars. All stars. Sorry, been <laughs> drinking. Some of our all stars and Hall of Famers are planned because we're huge fans of the people, and we're squeezing some movies in. You'll figure those movies out later. But this guy, totally accidental all star. Yeah. Continue. And sometimes we're just like Nat Faxon's in fucking everything. Make him an all star. <laughs> yeah, because I think Nat Faxon shows up in like twelve more of our movies. <laughs> I mean. If we were going by IMDb and not his Rotten Tomato page, Nat Faxon would already be our first Hall of Famer. Yeah, and running away. Like, yeah, he's. We've done five Nat Faxon movies already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how does he not have all these on his Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes. If you're listening, get your shit together. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, pull your finger out of your ass. That's what I say. I say pull your finger out of your ass. All right, so IMDb. The story of the early days of California winemaking featured the now infamous Blind Paris wine tasting of 1976 that has come to be known as Judgment of Paris. Yes, that is true. And up to that point, everything in America, like if you lived outside of California, you did not know wine existed in America that came from America. Like America wine is young. Like quick history lesson. Wine wasn't a thing until the Spanish missionaries came up through California and Mexico in the 1700s. And um, the only native grape to America, um, all to the Southwest United States, is the Zinfandel grape. And the only other grape planted at the time in the 16 and 1700s, as the missionaries were coming through, was a grape called Mission, which is terrible. Zinfandel rocks. Um, you should have Zinfandel. You'd like Zinfandel, I think. We'll try that. Um, Maybe that's yeah. what I had that I liked. I don't know. I, I know it was white, and Zinfandel's white, right? 
No, Zinfandel's red. It's a nice, fruity, dark, really robust red. It's Don't they make a white Zinfandel? Yeah, but it's really shitty. It's what calls girls drink. Oh. That's probably what I like. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you do like cocktails. That's I, yeah, I like fruity drinks. What can I say? Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. Fruity drinks are great. I like fruity drinks. It's like the type of cocktails I drink. Do I drink a rum and coke? No. But if it has like a slice of pineapple and it's blue, yeah, I'm in. What was the thing on How I Met Your Mother where Marshall was talking about? I love fruity oh. drinks, but I can't order it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he gets himself like a strawberry daiquiri. Yeah, with like a crazy straw. <laughs> yeah, with a crazy straw and a slice of pineapple. <laughs> okay, now should we dive in? Yes, let's dive in. Let's talk about wine. <laughs> okay, no, we're talking about a movie. We're not talking oh, about wine. Oh, my bad. Okay, like I said earlier, based on a true story, uh, this is uh, Calistoga, nineteen seventy six, uh, at the winery Chateau Montalena. We see Bill Pullman is at the bank, and he is actually getting a loan for a new grape press. And back then, there was no pneumatic grape presses. It was all done by twisting a giant screw into a bucket. No, no, it's like stomping. Well, you could, you could stomp, but if you wanted to do a lot at once, it was a huge new, uh, twisting press. You've seen the video of the woman falling down in the wine thing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I would hope so. I think everyone has at this point. Um, yeah, the, the banker is telling him, you know, if, if you default on this one, we're going to come and we're going to take Chateau Montalena. Which is scary and sad because Chateau Montalena is literally like a top 20 wine producer in the world. Like well, everything yeah, they make is, is phenomenal. Well, so he better not default then. No, he better not. Meanwhile, over in the Gay Paris, uh, at the, uh, the new Federation of wine dignitaries, we see Alan Rickman, of course, best known as uh, Severus Snape. Or Hans Gruber for Hans the grown-ups. <laughs> <sighs> How many One. times have you seen the Harry Potter movies? A lot. I've seen them so I many times. I haven't seen them that many times. I have seen all of them. All against my will. My wife loves them. She loves Harry Potter World. I think we're going to Harry Potter World next week and playing hooky from work. Um, well, she is. I'm not. Um, yeah. We're going to spend probably uh, most of our day at Harry Potter World, like next Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> Amusement parks are fun. They are. It was closed when you when we went that one time. Uh, yeah. Or we went for we went for horror nights. So we went for was, horror nights, was... but we did like a, a few other rides. But yeah, Harry Potter World was completely closed. Yeah, there was only a couple of rides that were still open for the horror nights. Right. We and waited first... in line forever for that. Jurassic Park ride. God, that T-Rex at the end. breaking down. <laughs> I remember the first time I went on that, like, the, there was a huge, like, you know, big T-Rex head that came out, and it looked real, and then the time we went, it was, like, a floating T-Rex, and I remember, like, our picture, we're just, like, looking up, and we're like, well, that's an odd <laughs> choice, as we're, like, dropping down the thing. Yeah, just, like, the whole body swings out, and you're just like, and it's, like floats. It's, like, levitating. It's, like, a, like a 15-foot a T-Rex just, like, levitating above the slide. And you're like, well, that's a choice. Oh, we're falling. But looking back. <laughs> but now they, like, added a, a second dinosaur and they're supposed to be, like, fighting or something? Oh, really? I haven't gone yeah, back I think, on it. 
I think they added the Indominus Rex, and now they like fight at the end. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to go check that out. Anyway, okay. Um, Alan Rickman is the proprietary of the Metaline Wine Shop. Uh, he's also the the founder of the Academy of Wine. Still going but to at play. this at this uh, this new federation of wine dignitaries, he is not on the list. Ooh. But he reaches into his pocket. He's like, I got a receipt. I bought a seat last week. Fucking seat me. Yeah, I want to judge some wines, motherfucker. But so he gets seated, and he gets seated right next to uh, the, the kitchen. And so Poor they're guy. constantly just banging right into his table every time they come out of the kitchen. But he's got six glasses of wine in front of him, so I don't know how much he cared by the end of the night. Yeah, he, he'd be a little, little tipsy. But most of the time yeah. when you taste, you spit. I never spit. Unless it's terrible. <laughs> no, you swallow. I, I'm definitely a swallower. <laughs> uh, at his his uh, Metaline wine shop, his f- friend, I guess, but also the guy who owns the limo business right next door, uh, Maurice, played by Dennis Farina, hey. is like shorty. his only customer. Yes, from Get Shorty. <laughs> Not Get Out. <laughs> He's pretty much his only customer. Yeah. Um, but he, he's technically not a customer because he drinks for free. Right. But Dennis Freen starts telling him, you know, he says, look around. Like, look look at all your bottles. All you have is French wine. He's like, everybody, like, you're in France. Everybody has had French wine. Yeah, it'd be like going to a world of wine in California and just having everything from, like, Napa and Santa Barbara. Right. It'd be like if you went, I mean, for for my people... It would be like if you went to like a Northwest bottle shop and it was all like Rainier and Elysian. (laughs) There is nothing from Germany. There are no Kolsches. It's like, this is cool because I like all these breweries. But I I could just go to this brewery. Right. Which is like a block away. Right. Um, and yeah, Alan Rickman says something about like, I don't think that, you know, that there's the same quality on the Chicago vine Ouch. and Dennis Farina is just like, I'm from Milwaukee. <laughs> I would claim Chicago. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, they're only like I don't know. 40 minutes and, away from each other. Yeah. And like, if you're from Milwaukee, you should be drinking beer, right? You should be de- drinking some Schlitz. <laughs> Drinking beer and eating sausages and cheese. Right. You should be 498 pounds. But so back at uh, Chateau Montalena, Alan Rickman, or not Alan Rickman, uh, Bill Pullman tells Chris Pine that they need to re-rack the wine. And Chris Pine, who is his son, is just like, you know, no, we've we've re-racked it, uh, I think he says three times already. Yeah, that's two to three times is normally what you do. Um Sometimes, depending. Okay, racking basically means you take the top filter of the like wine sitting in a barrel, and you take the very, very top of the wine because um, as wine ferments and like settles, like the sediment from wine will drift to the bottom, and like the clear wine, which you want, drifts to the top. So you basically take the clear portions of the wine and put it into a new barrel, clean out the old barrel, and so on down the line. Okay. But so they're arguing over just re-racking the wine. And so they uh, go outside into their, uh, looks like homemade boxing ring. Yes. And just start beating the shit out of each other. It's a great way to settle arguments, I assume. I guess. Uh, but Pullman knocks Pine out because this woman pulls up 
in a VW bug and distracts him. Uh, and it's Sam, the new intern. This is technically supposed to be his wife, but like she doesn't show up until like after all the hiss. So they just like gave him the love interest like a year ahead of time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but Farina starts telling Rickman that he needs to market better because he says, you know, look at your shop and look at my shop. And the wine shop is, you know, very understated. It's just got like a big uh, window and, you know, the name etched on it. Meanwhile, the limo shop's got like stickers and like brightly colored paint all over it. It just looks so tacky. (laughs) Night and day. But so he tells him he needs to market better. He says, you know, who, 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 what store do you think people are going to go to? Are they going to go to your store or going to come to my store? And he's like, well, I guess that depends on if they're looking for wine or a limo tour of the city. He's got a good point. Yeah. But Farina says, well, uh, Pierre Tari would come to my store. And has come to my store. And Pierre Tari is the Secretary General of the Association de Grande Cruz Classe. What, what is that? It basically means... I don't speak French. It's the Association... Okay, Grand Cruz are like the top of the top fruit in France. And this is like the bottles that come off the shelf or come out of the the wine, the wine floor and sell for like $500 a pop. Even back in like... Back in the seventies, these things were expensive. Like, um, they bring up like a forty-seven Cheval Blanc that originally cost like three hundred dollars. It goes for like five hundred thousand now, or some shit like that. Um, but basically, it's like the creme de la creme of fruit that you get. Like my wine's made of. Hey, hey. Um, but oh, so Rickman, uh, he goes to this restaurant and he finds Pierre Tyree in the restaurant. And just starts, like, <laughs> judging his wine choice right there at the table. Yeah. Tells him that the, the it was, bottle was open too early. It should have been uh, left for another 15 years, I think he said. Yeah, and as wine ages, the acidity goes down and it mellows out. Yeah, uh, but this guy is like, you like them old, I like them young. And I was like, well, that sounds creepy. <laughs> then he should be drinking a Beaujolais. Yeah, bougie. <laughs> um but so or washington wine or a washington wine is that what you said or a washington wine i'm snobby what's that supposed to mean you drink washington wines young they don't age you better drink that thing in like six months or it's <laughs> okay um, i'm gonna be be intolerable today <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know anything. Like Chateau Saint Michel, I only know that uh, because they sponsor the crack. <laughs> <laughs> they they do the good wine though. But so Rickman organizes this blind taste test with Pierre Thierry, and uh, Farina's friend George is going to write about it. His friend George, who wrote for Time magazine, as a ghostwriter. <laughs> As a ghostwriter, yeah. About women's fashion. Yeah. <laughs> he's never written about wine, and he's never had his own byline. Right. But so Rickman's going to go to California to find some competition. Uh, he He's talking to George, and you know, they, George tells him there's not going to be enough time for the wine to settle. And uh, Rickman says, you know, it, it's fine because I'm going to bring it back early and it'll have time and 
Trina's like, are you telling me wine gets jet lag? Mm -hmm. And George says, no, it gets what's called bottle Bottle shock. shock. The name of the movie. He said it. Ah, they said it. (laughs) And then Rickman all hoity-toity up his own ass is like, which of course might improve it. Oh, ho, ho. But yeah, if a wine has bottle shock, it's like when I tell when I ship wine, I tell people wait a few days before you drink it. Otherwise, it's not going to be as good. Like the the bouncing and the shaking, you know, make the wine a little bit unstable and has to, you know, regroup basically. Good to know. So, meanwhile, Gustavo, played by Freddie Rodriguez of um Planet Terror. Yes. Also, Carla's brother from Scrubs. That's who that was. Uh, he's walking with Chris Pine and Sam, and this guy starts just yelling racist shit at him. Yeah. And so Gustavo finally snaps, and then he snaps this guy's antenna right off his truck. Uh-oh. And so the dude gets out, and he's, you know acting like he's going to fight Gustavo and Chris Pine steps in and, you know, he's, he's been boxing his dad. So he knows how to fight. Yeah. He's ready to go. But so he, you know, this guy punches Pine, knocks him down, but not out. And for whatever reason, Sam is just like, Hey, you don't have a problem with him. You have a problem with Gustavo. Yeah. Beat this guy's ass. Not his. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) But so he, like, steps up to Gustavo. Gustavo, I mean, if you've seen Freddy Rodriguez, he's not very tall. He's a fairly small guy. Yeah, that's being generous. And this guy is is very tall, very big. I've seen this guy before, but I couldn't place where. He always plays an asshole in everything. He's, like, the drunk bar guy that, like, picks a fight everywhere. Yeah. But so he, like, steps to Gustavo. Gustavo's not backing down, but then Pine steps right back in, and he, like, starts, like, you know, bobbing and weaving and ducking and dodging. He's ready to go. And this guy is just like, whatever, I'm weirded out by hippies. So he gets in his, gets in his truck and leaves. God so they go, to, they go to Joe's bar. Uh, Joe is Eliza Dushku. She is the second Joe. Her father was Joe, and he left her the bar, I guess, because her name is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so the trucker's name is Greg Collins. He is a second-round pick of the 49ers in the 1975 draft. He also no shit. He also played for the Seahawks. And no shit. Yeah. He's known from The Rock, Armageddon, and Coyote Ugly, just to name a few. And I'm sure he just played, like, drunken bar patron in most of these. He has 192 credits. Good Lord. Yes. That's a busy man. And I don't think he's on screen for more than, like, three minutes in any of these. <laughs> yeah, really? Um, but Dishku says to to Chris Pine that, you know, he says you, you never called. And so obviously they have a history. Yeah. He's hit that. Yeah. But Gustavo talks about how he was like raised, or I guess Pine says that Gustavo was raised in, in the vineyards of Northern California. And right. he, you know, he has wine in his blood and he can, he can tell you how much uh, Cabernet and how much Merlot is in a blend. And he can even tell you the vintage just by drinking it. That is a talent. I try. I've done some blind tastings and I fail so badly. Like I know wine, but like blind tasting, it's like I never tasted wine before. I'm like, oh yeah, this is his infidel. It's like, no, it's a Pinot from New York. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
I'm like, hmm, I'm getting <laughs> notes of leather. <laughs> Tobacco <laughs> and dog. Oh, hey, B. <laughs> I'm, do I do I detect cannabis? <laughs> oh, that's my neighbor. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, but so they bet the bar that Gustavo can guess the grapes of a wine. It, they're all like uh, Joe brings out three bottles of wine, all in paper bags, so you can't see the labels. And they bet the bar that Gustavo can grape, guess the grapes. And <laughs> this guy's like, hey, any asshole can tell a tell a Merlot from a Zinfandel. <laughs> You would think. <laughs> I guess that just makes me an asshole. <laughs> but Pine is like, well, he can also tell you the vintage. And so this guy's like, all right, 10 bucks. And Pine's like, 10 bucks? What, what the fuck are we going to do with 10 bucks? Like, pull your wallet out. Yeah. She's like, all right, 20. And I get to slow dance with her, meaning Sam. That's not okay. Yeah, She's not a thing to be wagered yeah she's not a prize right uh but they they agree and she's like you owe me 10 percent." there and so like a bunch of the guys in the bar pony up 20 dollars. you actually see you see chris pine open his wallet and it's completely empty and he's like all <laughs> right well i'm good for it he's like um but so Gustavo tries the first one and he's like, it's a Cabernet 1971 Ridge. And Joe pulls down the bag and sure enough, he's right. Oh, hey. Tries the next one. He's like, Sonoma Pinot Noir 1962 Buena Vista. All right. Once again, got it to the, to the number. Nailed it. Final one. Takes a drink. He's like, well, it's not from Napa. I can't tell you if it's a Merlot or a Cabernet. Oh. And the guy is just like, all right, here we go. I'm going to get that money. And the girl. <laughs> but he says, I can't tell you because it's a 1947 Chaval Blanc, which is half Merlot and half uh, Cabernet Franc. Um. The 47 Shovel Blanc is like the creme de la creme. It's considered the greatest wine ever made. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. But so they win $100, but they have to pay Joe $50 for the wine. <laughs> and then they each have to give, um, each have to give Sam $10. So they, made- they each walk, they walk out of there with $15. <laughs> Um, but Gustavo turns to Chris Pine. He says, I thought you were going to start with the Buena Vista. He's like, ah, Joe switched him. I didn't know. So they were hustling the whole time. Oh, he knew what the wines were. Okay. There are people who can do that in real life though. And it like freaks me out. I mean, he knew that she switched him. So he at least could tell that much. Right. You know, that does take talent. Yeah. But so that night, Gustavo goes to uh, Mr. Garcia, who, what is this actor's name? Miguel Sandoval. Yeah, he's he's another guy that you've seen everywhere in so many things. But it's it's the middle of the night, but he goes to uh, Mr. Garcia's and he says, it's it's time to check the wine. Mr. Garcia's like, you know, someday we're going to do this in daylight. <laughs> he also, did, he was also in Get, Get Shorty. 
That's right. He was, yeah. Mr. Escobar. But so they go out and they, you know, they got this big barrel and they taste the wine. And Gustavo's like, well, I think it's time to bottle. It's always a fun time. And Mr. Garcia is just like, um, you know, when can we tell people about this? And Gustavo says, you know, like in time or whatever, like when the time is right or something like that. Um, so they have this, this secret wine. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Alan Rickman shows up in California, gets a flat tire. It's, it's kind of a thing in this movie because... Yeah, that's true, because Sam had a flat tire when she showed up. Is there something on the road? Is there, like, a barbed wire across the road or something? Apparently. She's like, I'll only need three, and she drove, like, 50 miles to, like, the vineyard on, like, three tires. I'm surprised the other tire didn't, like, just, like, rip off the rim. No shit. Yeah, uh, Rickman gets a flat tire, and Pullman just happens to pull up to help him out. Oh, hey. Coincidence. He... You know, Rickman tells him why he's there and that he's here to do to find like all these wines. And uh, Pullman is like, you know, what a coincidence. I just happened to own Chateau Montalena. Yeah. But so he goes along his way and then Rickman shows up at Montalena. He says, you know, I, I, I'd like to taste your Merlot. <laughs> hmm. That's how I'm not, drinking any fucking, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Oh, a different movie. So, so he like, you know, does a little tasting. And then he's just like, all right, what do I owe you? As he's leaving, Pine is just like, he paid for the tasting? Yeah. Pullman was like, yeah? Taste, yeah, pine pay, like, tastings were not a thing. In winery, tastings were not a thing. <laughs> but Pine is like, is that a new policy? And Pullman's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, the first time I ever went wine tasting in the early 2000s, like, I don't think we paid for any tastings. But now, well, I don't pay for tastings now because I'm industry, but, you know, tastings now range from anywhere from like 10 to like 50 bucks. Really? Yeah. That much? Yeah. Like the high-end places, you have to get a reservation, you get the place to yourself, and yeah. Wow. But so Pine takes Rickman on a tour. He goes to all the different wineries, and like each winery is just like, he wants to pay? <laughs> And Pine is just like, my dad says take his money. All right. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> I'll take 10 bucks. But so uh, Sam is just like, you're going to be a very popular man around here. And sure enough, all the vintners are now like lining up to just be like, taste my wine, taste my wine. Give me, give me 50 bucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and including Gustavo. Who's kind of, you know, hiding in the back. But so Pullman tells Pine, basically, you got till the end of the year, you either need to go back to school or hit the bricks. Mm. He says, don't you have any ambition at all? And Pine's like, I don't know, see the dead at the cow palace? <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good wish. But Pullman tells Pine that they, they can't afford any more barrels. He says, you know, we need, I think he says six more barrels to turn a profit, but we can't afford more barrels. And so Pine is just like, want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so they, they go out back and they start boxing again. 
And like Pullman is just he's really disappointed in Pine. He starts yelling at him about having sex with this girl. He's like says, you know, who was that, Shelly? And he's like, oh, I didn't didn't catch your name. He's like, but you slept with her and like punches him out. <laughs> Pine's like, I slept with the person, not the name. <laughs> it's a good comeback. <laughs> I if guess. you're slutty. <laughs> but Sam comes out and like lays down next to Pine. He's staring up at the stars and he's just like do you think I'm a loser? She's like, I haven't made up my mind yet. She says, <laughs> most people do, oh. but I haven't made up my mind yet. And he's Poor like, guy. he's like, maybe I should do something about it. She's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but so we see Pine get in the truck and head off to San Francisco. We don't fully know why yet. Gustavo goes to work. He works at, at Montalena and Pullman is just like, so did the tea bag like your wine? Ooh, secrets out. Also, he called Rickman a tea bag. That's true. He did. Because the English like uh, tea. That's true. They do. But he basically tells Gustavo, hey, you know, you should have been straight with me. But, you know, if you're working on other things, then your focus isn't here. And if your focus isn't here, then I really don't have room for you. That's such a 70s. I guess a lot of people do that here as well. You know, people get a little pissed off if you work two full-time jobs at once. Yeah. And yet at the same time, they're telling you, you got a side hustle. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't pay rent. No shit. But so he basically fires Gustavo. Um, and Gustavo, he starts, you know, going off on him. He says, you know, people like you think that you can just buy your way into this, that you can just buy some grapes and make some wine and just be, be okay with it. And he goes, you know, making wine needs to be in your blood. You need, you need, yeah, I see you laughing. Cause it's, <laughs> this is exactly what I did. <laughs> he says, you know, you, you need to have it in your blood. You need to be raised with the soil. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he says, you know, my, my dad was a, a farmhand who never got to make his own wine. And so I'm I'm going to make it in his honor. And Gustavo now makes a very, very, very good line of wines. It's just called okay. Gustavo. Isn't that, wait, is, isn't it called something else? I have Gustavo it, Trace, I, I, but a lot of his labels just say yeah. Gustavo on him now. Have you ever had Josh? I have. I right. find it funny that there's a winery just called Josh. There's also another one called Justin. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to call this? Kevin? Nah, I'm going to go with something else. <laughs> You'll never see my name on anything. Except this podcast. I meant on a pro Oh, I guess this is technically a product, but yeah. a pro Yeah. You know what I mean, though. You'll never it's see a, a uh, wine. Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't think I would put my name on anything either. You wouldn't have Taylor Bartle Bartlebeer. Bartlebeer. That's actually kind of good, though. <laughs> I'm not a fan of alliteration, but I like that. <laughs> it's too close to like Billy Beer. That's true. All right, so we see why Pine goes to San Francisco. He goes to see his mom, who is clearly very hoity toity well to do because she's at a fancy country club. Very fancy. Um, one of her friends says, you know, I, I heard you were working for your dad. Does that mean you've given up on school then? Which is just like, oh, oh, it's the dagger. 
But his mom is just like, why don't you just tell me how much you need and we can get on with this. Meanwhile, Gustavo is helping Sam repair her flat tire. He, uh, he tells her, you know, about his wine. She tries it and immediately just jumps him. Must have been good. Must be some damn good wine. <laughs> Real good. Uh, they, they fuck in this house that doesn't look like it would hold up to a tornado. No. Or a moderate breeze for that matter. And she's living in this in like, you know, it gets warm in California in the 70s. And there's sure. like no AC. There's no fan. There doesn't appear to be any power. Well, the walls have holes in them. What do you need a fan for? <laughs> that's, that's true. You get that nice Pacific breeze in the evening. Yeah. I also think it's funny. This is like apparently their guest house or whatever. Yeah. But it's nowhere near the, the vineyard. It's like it's just like it's miles away out in the hills. Yeah, it's just like, all right, we you, you gotta walk to work, so we're gonna put you way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So we wanna it, see your work ethic. Yeah. We want you sweating by the time you get here. Yeah. But so Chris Pine comes to pick her up and he sees her in bed with Gustavo. Uh oh. And so he just leaves. He just takes off, leaves her there. Gustavo gives her a ride to the to the winery on his uh, his sidecar, his tripod. <laughs> so Pullman starts teaching uh, Sam about wine. He, he tells her, you know, you, you need this acidic volcanic volcanic soil. It's it's really dry. He says uh, a comfortable grape, a well watered, well fertilized grape, grows into a lazy ingredient of lousy wine. Mm-hmm. And she gets all philosophical with this and is like so from hardship comes enlightenment he says for a grape (laughs) yeah and that's the thing with grapes like you basically want to starve it of everything except nutrients like you give it drops of water here and there like basically the only watering you do is when it rains and that's it and then you cut it so only a few grapes grow per vine so like all the flavor is basically concentrated in that all the flavor from the grape comes from the soil and yeah. And uh, Chateau Montalena is just on the road, um, from a geyser and the whole Napa Valley area was once filled with volcanoes. So the entire area is just volcanic soil. The more, you know, so it's like a child, you just deprive it of water. Don't let it have any friends. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just like a child. This is why we're not parents. <laughs> uh, there's then this, like these back-to-back scenes of Alan Rickman eating American food and not really knowing. Well, for, first it's KFC. He's sitting in his car and he's like eating KFC, pulls out this thigh and he's just like, he starts to take a bite. And it's like, he has no idea where to start. Yeah. He's like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Like, do I just bite it or... And then he's at this winery and the guy brings out this guacamole and he just looks at it like, what the fuck is this? Why would you bring me a green paste? Yeah. (laughs) But so uh, Rickman goes to Joe's bar and he's telling Joe, he's like, basically that he's surprised at how good all these California wines are. She's like, what were you expecting? Thunderbird? Ooh. But so we find out that Pine obviously used his mom's money 
to buy the wine barrels that they needed. And Pullman is not okay with this. Oh, he is a little upset. But Pullman says, you know, I don't, I don't like owing people money. And Pine is like, you already owe five banks money. And, you know, Pullman says, I would rather owe 10 banks money than owe your mother money. Ooh. So they didn't divorce on the greatest of terms, it seems like. It doesn't sound like it, no. Uh, but suddenly Alan Rickman shows up and he's like, you know, I would like two bottles of the 73. Where's John McClane? <laughs> your Alan Rickman is terrible. It, it, I, I don't do good accents. Uh, Silas does one, but he like holds his throat when he does it. Interesting. <laughs> it's weird. But so Pullman is like, you know, oh, so you've you've decided, you know, which wineries are in the tasting. And he's like, uh, he says, you know, there, there will be a formal announcement. And Pullman's like, well, when? He's like, in, in due course. Okay. And Pullman's just like, why don't I like you? <laughs> Rickman says, well, you think I'm an asshole, but I'm not. I'm just British Ooh. and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. But Pullman is just like, you know, I I, I don't like you because I think you're trying to embarrass Americans. I think this is all just a big game to you. I think it's just all a big joke. And so he basically, you know, kicks him out, tells him to go kick rocks. Yeah. You're never going to taste my wine again. Yeah. You, you and I, our relationship here is done forever. Go fall off a building. <laughs> but so Pine goes to talk to Gustavo. Uh, he tries his wine. Well, he's, he's Gustavo pours him some. And before he tries it, he's like, did you sleep with her? <laughs> and Gustavo's just like, you know, Dude. what do you care? You you sleep with everything under the sun. like. Mm. And so he's like, you know, all right. And he's like, starts, puts it up to his mouth. He's like, did the Brit like it? <laughs> Gustavo says, he bought two bottles. Ooh. $10. <laughs> <laughs> And then Pine is just like, are you seeing her? And Gustavo's just like, I don't know. She liked my wine. I, I, I can't believe you're this jealous. She she liked my wine. And and yeah, I slept with her. Oh. And I like, like they start like yelling at each other. And Mr. Garcia's sitting on the porch listening to music. And he just reaches over and just turns the volume up. Just a little bit. <laughs> but so Pine tries it and he goes, yeah, it's good. He's like, it's good? What kind of opinion is that? He's like, a good one? <laughs> it's not wrong. Pine then chases Alan Rickman down at the airport as he's headed back to France. Uh, he gives him two bottles of the Chardonnay. But the woman tells him that he can only fly with one bottle of wine. And not only does he have these two bottles, but he got all the other bottles from all the other wineries. So I think he says he has 25 bottles. Yeah. And this guy behind him is just like, hey, buddy, there's a lot of us waiting. And I'm like, yeah, well, you can keep waiting because you're a piece of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> Stupid like, American. I'm, I'm fucking doing something here. I'm not just jerking off. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Come on now. I hate, I hate rude people. Yeah. Uh, but he, Rickman talks pretty much everyone in the airport into taking one bottle of wine. The MFAA rules. Yeah. But so uh, Montalina gets accepted into the taste test. Oh. But Pullman, you know, this is how he finds out that Pine took him the wine. And he's just like, you know, 
why did you do that? I, I said, no. And he says, all right, that's it. Pack your bags. You're, you're fucking out of here. And fires his own son. Damn. So Pine goes wherever, comes back to the winery later, and his dad is like sitting in the big room where the barrels are. Is there a name for that? Barrel room. Basically, yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting on the floor. Is, is he drunk? I couldn't yeah, tell. He, lo- he looked like it. He kind of sounded like it too. Is it just me or did Bill Pullman in this movie kind of give off David Arquette vibes? He kind of did. He was just like uptight and like really strong, like high strung for the entire thing. Yeah, just like current day David Arquette, not like weird, goofy 20s David Arquette. No, like he's just like, he's going to have an aneurysm at any moment now. But he, you know, he gives Pine a bottle and he says, take this and go look at it in the sunlight. And so Pine goes outside and he's like, why is it brown? Uh oh. Uh, It's, you know, it's a Chardonnay, so it's supposed to be like that crystal, yellowy, golden color. Yeah. And what are you doing? Chardonnay <laughs> should look like like what you think nectar looks like in liquid form. And Pullman is just like every bottle in here is brown. It looks like somebody looks like Sasquatch came in here and took a diarrhea in every one of our barrels. <laughs> but Pine tries it and he's like, it tastes fine. And Pullman is just like, yeah, it's it's great. Like we made a buttery, beautifully layered, beautifully balanced Chardonnay and it's fucking Brown. (laughs) And this is like a buttery Chardonnay is what happens in America. It's, you know, malolactic fermentation. Whereas in France, most of the time there's like, all right, we're going to skip mallow and go straight to the barrel. So you get a more acidic and less smooth Chardonnay, but French Chardonnay ages a lot better than American Chardonnay. All right. But so he basically just says, you know, we, we got to get somebody to come in here and just take all of this wine out because no one is going to drink a brown wine. Back in France, Rickman is getting ready for the event. He's, he's made this flyer and like the French flag is like, I don't know. Two thirds larger than the American flag. Yeah, yeah, it's slightly bigger. Yeah, Frida's like French flag's a little more prominent than the American flag, ain't it? Just a tad. <laughs> but so Pine and Sam go to Bradley Whitford, who they don't really introduce him ever. No, I think. but yeah, he's basically like the head of viticulture at UC Davis, which is the best wine school in the entire world. Okay. Yeah, I saw in the credits it said professor or whatever, and so I was just like, okay, I guess he's a professor, but I don't yeah. think they ever really introduced who he is. No, they're just like, hey, our wine's brown, what the fuck? Yeah, like at first I thought he was just like a, another vintner. Yeah. But, you know, they say, ask him what is what this is, and he's like, oh, you know, it, it's probably oxidized. You know, when, when a wine gets oxidized, it turns brown, and it kind of gets this tinny, metallic taste, and they're like, but that's the thing. It tastes fine. And, yeah. you know, and Pullman says it couldn't be oxidized because my dad doesn't let any air touch the, the wine once it goes in the barrel. And that is uber, uber difficult. That's the impression I got from yeah. just from this it, scene. It's yeah. hard. Like, air can get into anything. Like, you think you have something airtight and it's not airtight. 
well, especially since wood like expands and contracts too. Right. Like, yeah. And it, it soaks in some of the wine, like it'll form cracks, oxygen will get in there. Yeah. But yeah. So Whitford, you know, he tries it and he's just like, he almost starts laughing to himself and he's just like, I've, you know, I've heard of this, but I've never actually seen it, but you can make a wine too perfectly. Mm -hmm. He says, there's this reductionist technique where you exclude as much oxygen as possible. And it is the best way to make a Chardonnay. Unfortunately, it turns brown for a little bit. And they're like, hang on, what was that last thing? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's temporary. Yeah, it's like it'll, last, it'll last two or three days. Yeah, and most of the time it lasts less than a day. Like by the time you bottle it and get it in the box, it's already gone from brown to gold. So Pine and Sam get in the truck. They're like, we, we got to stop dad from you know taking all this shit to the dump but the truck runs out of gas hmm so they get out and they start trying to hitchhike pine's got his thumb out there nobody's stopping so sam's like you know it's it's all about you know uh technique so she gets out there and she pulls her tits out <laughs> right to the next car coming up which is a police car <laughs> A sheriff at that. And he's just like, you know, uh, that kind of lewd behavior is going to get you a ticket. And, you know, I'll, I'll call you a tow truck. And so she's just like, oh, yeah, what about this? And pulls her tits back. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, I were they trying to get him to take them downtown? Or was it just... So just to get to a like, phone. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then they just show up at the winery. So I didn't really understand... Like, it looked like the cop dropped them off at the winery. He did. And I think it's because, like, at the end, they're like, hey, were you really staring at her tits? And he's like, uh, uh. Yeah. So they basically blackmailed him. Right. Um, a cop would be like, yeah, I am. What of it? Yeah. Do you want me to shoot you now? Because what are you going to do? <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, Pullman, the, the wine is gone. He had the wine taken to a dump. And he went off to get his old job back because he has given up on the wine. Yeah, he was a lawyer. Yeah, and he, he goes to the office and he tells the secretary, he hands her a bottle of wine. And he says, take this wine and hide it in your desk. And if I ever get a wild hair up my ass again, I want you to just show me this bottle. Basically, just if he gets an idea that he could do something else, she's going to go, look, you're a failure. It's like, I know. I will go make a... Soft Blanc. Here. Nobody likes Soft Blanc. Yeah, fuck Soft Blanc. That's right. <laughs> it's the Merlot of whites. Totally. Yeah. Put it in beer terms so I understand. <laughs> you like IPAs, right? No. Okay. It, Merlot is like the IPA of wine. <laughs> so it's just like, is it bitter? Kind of bitter. Nobody really likes it. It's used mostly for like mixing, I guess, and like bigger blends. I, you know, but you really don't mix beer that much. So, anyway. No. Anyway, okay. Uh, but the boss starts talking to him about his dog, uh, Pudge. <laughs> he basically says, you know, I thought Pudge was just like the greatest, most beautiful dog in the world. And so I entered him in this local dog contest and he lost. Oh. You know, even though I thought that Pudge was the greatest dog in the world. To everyone else, he was just the, the scruffy brown dog. It was basically a metaphor for, you know, you might think you're doing something amazing, but to the rest of the world, it's average. Oh, this guy was so wrong. 
That was such a fuck move, though. Yeah, like it's like you, you wouldn't. You could have just, yeah, you could have just told him that he can have his job back without making him feel like shit. Yeah, and he was a partner at this place. Like he founded this law firm with these people, and, he's, and they're like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. We'll give you a job back, but you're going to be like a junior or an associate or something. Yeah, he's basically like it's, it's kind of like uh, like Jack Donaghy on Thirty Rock, where they're like, you got to start in the mail room. <laughs> exactly. And down there was this elf. Who was six foot four, who loved to drink maple syrup. <laughs> Sorry, I watched Elf recently too. Carol! Pepe Sylvia, it's all Pepe Sylvia! <laughs> <laughs> but so Sam and Pine go to, they meet up with Gustavo at Joe's bar, and uh, Joe comes out with this wine. They got the label all hidden in a paper bag again, and she's like, just try this. Gustavo tries it and he's like, You're you're gonna want to try this. And so Sam drinks it and Pine drinks it, and Pine's just like, This this is ours. This is it. Like And turns out that the, the guys who were on their way to the the dump stopped into the bar and Eliza Dishku ended up buying the whole stock, five hundred boxes of this wine from them. What a kawinky dink. What are the chances that happens? Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. But so um, Pine calls Pullman at, at the law office while he's still in the middle of his interview. <laughs> and he's just like, I am currently drinking a beautiful golden Chateau Montalena Chardonnay. And, Yay. you know, explains that, explains that the oxidation was only temporary. So he goes and he finds the bottle that was in the, uh, in the secretary's desk. Searching all over for a corkscrew, can't find one. <laughs> so he pulls this fucking katana off the boss's wall and just slices this bottle open with it. And it's like pours it out and it gives it to the secretary and just like, here, have it. Everybody have some. Please have some. I'm out of here. Fuck this place. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. And it was like, yay, wine. <laughs> Drinking at work. <laughs> But so all the vintners get together and they're like, well, you know, someone has to go to Paris and represent us. And this woman's like, well, I nominate Bill Pullman. Oh. And Bill Pullman is just like, well, I nominate my son, Chris Pine. And, you know, they all say, all right, good deal. Chris Pine's going to go. And they all put money in a hat for a plane ticket for him. He's like, I can just fly myself. I'm really, Fuck I'm that, really take the money. Yeah, I'm going to take the money. I'm going to fly myself because I'm a World War II pilot. Except for Gustavo, who does not have any money. That's true, because he's broke. Because he got fired. Because he's right. a bad, bad, deceptive employee. Yeah, working on other things on company time. Yeah, how dare you? I don't know if that's why I got fired recently. <laughs> <laughs> but so Pine is like... Like sweeping up or something, doing something, and Sam comes in and says, "You know, do you need help?" And he's like, "No, I pretty much got everything done." And she's like, "All right, well, you know, I gives him a little kiss for good luck." And he's like, "How about a little blowjob for good luck?" <laughs> yeah, there's there's twelve wines involved here, or twelve you know wineries involved. So you know, yeah, he says he doesn't say blowjob for good luck. No. That's that's from another that's from another movie we'll do eventually. Um, yeah, he says you know there's there's twelve wineries. I'm gonna need a little more. All right, fine. We'll do anal this once. <laughs> but, 
But so um, Gustavo shows up and he he works the bar again. Got some more cash. A lot more cash, it seems like. Yeah. But he did it fair and square this time. He didn't Ooh. hustle. Um, so Pullman tells Gustavo, hey, you know, turns out I can use some more help around here. Gives him his job back. Oh, that's nice. We now go to just outside Paris. This, like, shell of a building. There's, like, ruins or whatever. Yeah, it, it, that was an old winery in Sonoma. I was like, this is not what France looks like in that area. Because pa- the area around Paris is very rainy. It's very Seattle-like in weather. It's very green. <laughs> and this is like, hey, there's some California oaks. <laughs> Set against a you know dying grass late in summer, <laughs> but so Dennis Farina comes out and meets Chris Pine as he shows up and says, "You know, you look a little young to own a winery. Maybe that's why your wine is brown." Oh, and Pine's just like, "No, please tell me it's not brown. Uh, it's just not. There's there's no like follow up to that." <laughs> Farina's just like, "Eh, let's go." Yeah, he basically makes him like he's basically just like, "Yeah, it's brown," and then there's no like moment where he goes oh it's not brown anymore (laughs) just letting the kid you know dangle a little bit but pine goes into this place and he's like you know where's where's the press they're like oh over there and it's just george (laughs) hey just george he's the only one what's up but rickman rickman gives this speech where he was he talks about how he's very surprised by the quality of the california wine um and he introduces the judges and then they they sit down and they all start drinking, and the, the judges seem very confused. And Dennis Farina is right. He tells Chris Pine, he says, they're they're confused about which ones are French. And they're, like, arguing with each other. Like, this one has a shit mouthfeel, and this one tastes like dirt. And the other one's like, no, this one is good. And he's like, you're dumb. Yeah, could be stupid. And these are, like, the palates of palates in the 70s. These people were, like, the, like the 10 people who knew wine the best in the whole wide world. Right, like the Pierre guy is there, and you know people from like wine magazines and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like very refined palates. Who all would French know. too? Yeah, every single one of them French. French, French <laughs> toast. <laughs> yeah, what? Why don't you put some French fries on that French toast? But so George is is in. He has the key that says which number corresponds with which wine, and so. Rickman goes over and he says, you know, what's number one? What's number two? And then he's like, I'm number one. Are are you sure? <laughs> Farva's number one. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, are you sure? And then he like goes back to the table and he announces, you know, in, in third place, second place, and in first place, Chate Montalena. Chateau Montalena. <gasps> they won. They won. And uh the the red Ends up being from Stag's Leap Wine Cellars, which is another California winery. They're in Napa proper, and they're oh so good. Time Magazine calls up Pullman, and they're you know asking for a quote, and he's he says, "Huh, quote, huh? I guess not too bad for kids from the sticks." I think that was the actual quote too that he gave Time Magazine. The, the way that it was like so pronounced, and then like it was all in the papers. I figured that had to be a real quote. Yeah. But suddenly everyone's going to their local bar, they're going to their local restaurants, they're going to their local wineries or their wine liquor stores, and they're just like, you know, do you have 
the 72 Montalena. And of course, nobody has it because no, it hasn't. It's it's not as big as you would think. Or well, wine that just won a taste test in France would be, but yeah. And there's no internet yet, so like it's people right. reading like basically the Napa, you know, local newspaper, and you know, a one-off quote from Time Magazine, the Napa News. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so um, we then get this kind of you know text on the screen kind of thing that tells us what each of the characters ended up doing. Uh, Bo, which was Chris Pine's character, attended Fresno State Department of Viticulture and Oncology and is now the head winemaker at Montalena. He still is, and he has an off-label. He still works for his dad, Jim. Jim died in uh, 2013. Okay, well, uh, when this movie came out, he was still working for Jim. Yes. uh, Who kept making award-winning wines. They still produce award-winning wine. They just released their 2015 uh, Chardonnay not too long ago, which, if you think about it, that was picked in 2015 and came out in, like, 2020. And it's $200 a bottle, like, straight off the floor. Good load. Yeah. Uh, Gustavo opened his own winery, like you talked about, Gustavo Threes. Does a lot of good reds. Very, very, you know, a good Zinfandel, uh, good Kabsov. All right. Yeah. My uh, the, buddy who helped taste... me make wines friends with him. So, Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did Have you met him? I haven't met him. I just got to drink his stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, the taste test was named an official historical event in 1976. Uh, a bottle of the Montalina Chardonnay and Stag's Leap Cabernet were put on display in the Smithsonian Museum. Which they still are. That is true. And in 2006, Steven Spurrier, which was Alan Rickman's character, organized a 30-year anniversary rematch, as Kevin said earlier. And once again, California won. Because Californian wines are so good. USA! USA! No, no. USA! California! California! Now, we gotta... I need to... Come on, Kevin. You're you're a professional chant choreographer. You you need to do better than that. California! California! Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Even B's in on it. B's excited. Yeah, she's ready for some California wine. All right, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, a good movie. What do you like about this movie so much? Well, you know, even though it is greatly, greatly exaggerated, and Steven Spurrier sued the movie. <laughs> did he really? He did. I, I can't remember if he won or not, but he, he did sue the movie for... Taking a lot of liberties. <laughs> he's like wow. basically everywhere in the. He's like ninety percent of what is this? This, this yeah, ninety percent of the script is all false. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: Do you like earnestly? Do you think if you were not as into wine as you are, you would enjoy this movie more or less or the same? I probably would enjoy it more. I could see like a lot of people who are like way into the wine scene, especially that area and know the history. I could see them being a little upset by it, by like, you know, because, you know, you know, Napa is a small, small town. Like the winemakers still get together, like at their little corner grocery store and drink beer every night after work. It's like, you know, that kind of a small town. It is, you know, it is small town America. And um, so I could see them being upset and that kind of like, you know, influencing how people felt. Um, Yeah, I had no idea about this until like after the second time I watched the movie. Like I watched this originally when it first came out and I liked it, you know, and I was just getting into wine. So, you know, I I thought it was, you know, 
truthful. Hey, this is a true story. Um, but you know, as you get more into wine, you find out, you know, over 90% of it's bullshit except for like the names (laughs) and, you know, the winery names and, you know, the, the awards and stuff like that, you know, that was all true. Yeah. And, but I still enjoy it. Like, you know, just like watching it, it just puts me in a happy place. Like my happy place is like out among like the vines and like the rolling, you know, vineyard Hills. Um, it really soothes my ADHD just looking at like the perfect rows of grapes and just like crystal blue sky and you know, a light wind and just the smell coming off the vines. It's yeah, that's, that's my heaven. That's my heaven. So, um, it, it just, you know, it transports me into a, a nice place and, you know, that's one of the reasons I like it. And plus the acting is so good. Alan Rickman's phenomenal. Bill Pullman's Yeah, I mean, we great. talked about the cast earlier. Just, yeah. The, I would think the cast alone would have made critics eat it up, but. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they killed the shit out of this movie, but like just reading the reviews and they're like, well, they took too many liberties. So this movie sucks. Like, no, it, you know, <laughs> they did take too many liberties. Most true story Hollywood films take a lot of liberties in doing their retelling. And, you know, they did with this, they done with so many others. Some of those others, you know, are going to be, you know, fresh and not rotten. So I just think this kind of got a bad break and it's a lot better than people think. Um, where did you watch it? I watched it on Amazon. I own it. Were the sound of were, were the, like all the sounds really weird uh, on and off, yeah. I, I was watching it, like I started watching it on my laptop and then I moved to my TV and on both devices, anytime there was a sound, like a, you know, car engine or... It was know, kind anything. of echoey, right? Yeah, like the yeah. ADR was off. Like one, the thing but, that jumped out to me was like when Elijah Dushku was walking through the empty bar and it's like really echoey and like tinny sounding. Yeah, there's like a buzz almost. Right, yeah. It's like, you know, cover your freaking microphone when you're doing overheads. Yeah, it was, but, but like the dialogue was fine. It was perfect. Yeah. Like the, you know, the lobs were great, but like the overheads, there was something off about it when yeah, they were it shooting really inside. Weird. Yeah. And I couldn't, I, I still don't know if, it, if it's something with Amazon or if it's the movie itself. No, I saw this in theaters, uh, not theaters, but, or a small theater the first time I saw this. Like it was a tiny, tiny theater here down in California. And um, it had the same issue, if I recall. Like there's just a weird echoey thing when they were shooting indoors in open spaces. There's nothing to dole down, like, you know, the footsteps or, you know, the loud noises or anything like that. Yeah, it's just this, like, weird muffling. Right. I don't know. I don't exactly know how to explain it, but I'm glad you caught it, too. So, I know, I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, you're not crazy. Um, this is the first time you watched this, right? And you're not a wine person. Yeah, I'd never heard of this movie. Yeah, not a lot of people have. Yeah, until you put it on the list. I would, Like, you put it on the list, and I'm like, what the hell is Bottle Shock? And you're like, oh. That was like, oh, it's a wine movie, of course. Yeah. I would love to like if we ever do like bonus content of like our favorite movies, I would love to do Sideways because that's my absolute favorite movie. Not because it's about wine, but the whole thing's just it's a perfect movie, basically. It's See, I've heard of that one. I haven't seen it though. Oh, you should watch that. It's so so good. It, there's a Paul Giamatti's character, Miles, is such a wine snob. It's amazing. And he's like pissed off the entire time. You can never be you just go watch it. It's great. Um but yeah, getting back to you, you've never seen it. You never heard of it. You don't like wine. There's B and Lynn behind you. <laughs> What'd you think? B destroyed her lamb shop. Oh, um, I guess no, that I song's going to end. I, 
I can't uh, I can't say that I would probably go back to it again. Yeah, I can see. But um, and it's it's a little long. Like it's it's button up against two hours. Yeah, I, I um, think they could cut twenty minutes out of it. But you know, some of my favorite shots are just like the establishing shots of the vineyards, and I'm like, ah, oh, heaven. If they cut all that out, the movie probably would be the perfect length. Yeah, but but I have no complaints. I didn't dislike it. Um, I did like it for my initial watch. So um, yeah, I wouldn't like steer anybody away from it or anything by any means. Um, I thought yeah, like that the acting was phenomenal. It, the I I knew nothing about the story, so I guess I couldn't. I didn't have an opinion on that. But um, I thought the story was fine. It's, it has a couple of those kind of things where like, you know how sometimes when you're watching a true story and you're just like, I'm sure this probably happened, but do I need a recap of it? Like some scenes just felt a little tacked on. Yeah, th- th- for sure. And there was a little and bit I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of true stories that just like, well, this happened. So we we're going to talk about it. And it's like, but does right. it really add anything? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So far, we haven't like forced each other to watch a movie we've both hated yet. Not yet. I I, I know it's coming someday. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially before the end of the year. But if you at home enjoyed this podcast, you can let us know by heading to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us five stars or whatever the maximum amount of stars is. Leave a little something in the text box. Uh, it's not to feed our ego. It's not because we really even care. It's just because uh, Apple cares, and I, I don't know why, but they do give a little more weight to the ratings that have reviews attached to them. So tell us your favorite kind of wine, your favorite vintage. Um, tell us, uh, I don't know, if tell us why California is better than Paris. <laughs> well, the weather, for one thing. <laughs> tell us whatever you want. It really doesn't matter, but it would mean a lot to us. Uh, you could also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok as Cult of Splat, or you can check out our website, cultofsplat.com. We've got merchandise for sale. Merchandising, uh, follow- merchandising, merchandising. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as the Taylor Bartle. You can follow Kevin at Niscoda, D-U-H, at, on Instagram. And I am mostly on posts now, and you can follow me there as Niscoda, just regular Niscoda spelling. No D-U-H at the end. I uh, I signed up for the wait list on that. It sounds like a bunch more are going to get opened up here shortly. So you're probably going to get added here really quick, it sounds like. All right. We'll see. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) All right. Well, I better go see why my dog's barking. So uh, we will see you soon. Until then, see ya. See ya.